Let's look ahead to Friday. NBA in-season tournament, 11 games on. We might be able to stream. We might not, but we're going to look at what's on my radar. We're going to put Keegan Murray under the lens, all of the streaming options, and of course, Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I'm a man, I'm 40. I'm also the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore B-Ball on TikTok at RedRock underscore B-Ball and on Instagram at LockedOnFantasyBasketball. Today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account and use the code LockedOnNBA for 20 bucks off your first purchase. Thank you also for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and we are available on all platforms. So we're here. We're here ready for Friday's games. It is a touch and go one, whether it is going to be streamable with 11 games on. It's possible. We're going to look at chunks over the next five days. We're going to look at back-to-backs. We're going to look at streaming options. We're going to look at what's on my radar. And there is a lot for us to talk about. So let's just start with injuries because there are a lot of them. And unfortunately, we don't have massive, massive amounts at this point of um, clarity on this sort of thing, but let's tell you where we're at at the moment. Um, Terry Rogier is going to be out again. Um, Isaiah Livers is out. Jamal Murray, Jose Alvarado, Michael Fultz, the Magic Legends at updating that injury report early, mate. They updated it like two hours after their game on Wednesday for Friday. Michael Fultz is out. I'm guessing that Malcolm Brogo Brogdon is still going to be sidelined. I don't expect that he returns. Uh, Walker Kessler is out. Uh, Gabe Vincent remains out. And then there's a bunch of other ones that we are still waiting on. Oh, the other one that just got confirmed, actually, as I'm recording this, Nick Batum is out again for personal reasons. Again, we, we really do hope everything is okay here because this is significant. This is three games in a row that he is missing due to this uh, personal issue. OG Ananobi is officially doubtful after cutting himself during a household chore. Uh, again, we, we look at this guy. You cut yourself with a knife. Who cares, man? This has got to be significant, right? This is when we hear these injuries and we go, this is, is this a baseball player cutting his finger slicing a tomato for a sandwich, which was a real injury that happened. Um, probably not. We hear these things, oh, he's got a bruise. He's got the cut. These are usually significantly bad things. And it's these sort of lacerations that mean you can't move your finger, can't bend your finger. It probably went pretty deep into it. We hope everything's all right. But when you miss two games and you're probably not going to play a third, that, that's a significant injury. So hopefully it's not something too, too serious. Monte Morris, we haven't had an update on. I'm listing him a doubtful at this point to return for the Pistons. They've still got no Isaiah Livers or Joe Harris or Boyan Bogdanovich, of course. But I think we should be getting close to Livers and Morris returning and then what that does to the rotation. I think there's going to be a change in their lineup soon. Um, that's going to be something to watch. And then there's a bunch of questionable ones. Now, some of these ones, the ones with the asterisk next to them are the ones that weren't confirmed. But since I've recorded this, some of those confirmations did come through. So we do have confirmation on Quentin Grimes and RJ Barrett. They are both officially questionable. The fact that there are two questionable players here at the moment um, means that the value of Josh Hart 
the chances of Josh Hart having big minutes are significantly increased. Same with Dante DiVincenzo and same with Emmanuel Quickly. The fact that both of those guys are questionable. What, someone else that just got added to the injury report that I didn't have on here is Joel Embiid, who's questionable with hip soreness, which feels like for the third consecutive game. So always be ready with your trigger finger on um, uh, Paul Reed because if he does get a single game stream, he is probably going to be pretty valuable, would be my guess. Gordon Haywood and Brandon Miller. They're officially questionable, as is Giannis, Jalen Brown, and Christos Porzingis. So I had all of those as questionable, but I didn't know. But they are all officially confirmed as uh, questionable. They all missed last game. Of course, with Charlotte, the rotation questions are gigantic because this is the return of Miles Bridges. Would they just slot him straight into the starting lineup if Gordon Haywood and Brandon Miller were out? I would say almost definitely. There's no Rogier. What are they going to do? Go with JT Thor again? I'm pretty sure they would put Bridges straight into that starting lineup. I had Nico Batum there as questionable. He is out, so we could try another Bob Covington stream. Do we get 37 minutes Bob Covington? Do we get 17 minutes Bob Covington? I, I, I honestly don't know. He's very clearly better than Marcus Morris. He's very clearly better than Daniel House. But it doesn't matter if I clearly think that. Because if uh, Nick Nurse doesn't, then it doesn't matter. Although I think we saw it last game. Keldon Johnson, the horse, he is questionable along with Trey Jones, although that has not been confirmed. Obviously, what we saw last game without the horse was a big, big, big game from uh, Julian Champagne. Some might say a bottler. Really big performance from him, and he would be a stream option. With Trey out, it just solidifies the Sohan floor, and some reason you get Devontae Graham minutes. Darius Garland is questionable. His absence didn't actually open up any stream value for anybody. Dean Wade got minutes and what had zero points in 33 minutes. Isaac Okoro remains out. Now, if Garland is out and Okoro plays, I'd be a little bit interested in using Isaac with that knee problem. We don't have an update yet on Jalen Duran and his troublesome ankles. Just continues continues to be a frustrating scenario there for him. I, I do... Bagley was great last game, no question about that. But... Is that what we want to you know, rest our hopes on? Is Marvin Bagley? I, get, I think that having this lineup with no one that can shoot is really detrimental to this whole team. They haven't won a game since the first week and they need to change something. So I wouldn't be shocked if Bagley doesn't start, even if Duran is out. DeMar DeRozan is officially questionable for Friday with personal reasons. Patrick Williams is the stream guy there if DeRozan does miss again, which is distinctly possible. Um, Jared Vanderbilt, we know that his return is coming soon. At this point, I'm listing him questionable. I don't know whether he is going to play or not. His return would impact um, Torian Prince. It would impact Rui Hachimura. It would probably kick Christian Wood out of the rotation and probably have some sort of trickle-down effect onto Cam Reddish also. Uh, Gabe Vincent's still going to be sidelined there. We know Malcolm Brogdon still remains out, as does Scoot and Anthony Simons for Portland. Um, But in the other, well, the other one we don't know there is Bradley Beal with that late scratch situation last game. I would suggest that Beal doesn't play in this one, and I think I'd like to go into this one with the assumption that Beal is out, but who knows? That back problem is obviously going to be something that plagues him for a little bit of time here, if not a long time. Gary Trent has been upgraded to probable, so with OG unlikely to play and Trent likely to play, that does boost the value for Trent. We saw them whip out Dick, and it didn't really work all that well. So I imagine they'd put that away, and then they would go straight into a Gary Trent opportunity to get a, a bigger bigger role. And then the other one is Miles Bridges is back. The suspension is over. His you know, fake 30-game suspension is done. He is ready to come back. He should not be on your waiver wire unless you have a very large moral objection to it because he is going to put up some numbers. I don't think he's going to be the top 30 player that he was for a stretch. I don't even think that was real, even if there wasn't the suspensions involved. 
but he's going to have a role. And how everything works with PJ, with Haywood, with Bridges, with Miller, this is going to kill Brandon Miller, I'm pretty sure, in terms of, unfortunate choice of words, um, in terms of his fantasy value, because there's just not enough minutes there outside of multiple injuries. And I do worry a little bit about the way Steve Clifford uses Mark Williams. He uses him consistently and correctly. But if they force minutes into PJ at center, which is very un-Steve Clifford-like, PJ is a six foot eight center, like well power forward, and he hates small ball usually. But if they're going to force him to play minutes so that they can shoehorn Bridges in, and this organization, man, it's, oh, they're so disgusting. Anyway, that's irrespective of this. Uh, well, it's not irrespective; it's completely related. But this is going to impact. It could impact Mark. It could impact PJ. It could impact Big Dick Nick as well. So there is a lot to see there with the um, with the Charlotte Hornets and how all that stuff plays out in terms of who's got a Friday Saturday back back to back. There are six teams: the Hornets, the Bulls, the Bucks, the Pelicans, the Knicks and the Spurs, so just bear that in mind. We'll talk about the top six stream options across the back-to-back a little bit later on in the show. So um, so just be ready, uh, <clears throat> be ready and be prepared for that. Today's episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. We are in November. We are heading towards the holiday season. Thanksgiving for those of you in the States. Christmas and other religious um, celebrations coming up in December. And that can bring up a lot of issues, anxiety, sadness, depression for people. It's a stressful time. You get busy at work, you have family concerns or conflicts. It's all there and we need to make sure we take care of ourselves in these difficult times of the year. If you add something new and positive to your life though, sometimes that can help to counteract some of these negative feelings. And therapy can often be a bright spot and help all of this with your stress and change that's in your life. Something to look forward to, to make you feel grounded and to give you the tools, most importantly, to be able to manage everything that's going on. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be schedule, uh, schedule, it's to be flexible and to suit your schedule and to be convenient. You've got a brief questionnaire you can fill out to match with a therapist. And if it doesn't fit, you can just switch therapists with no additional charge. So find your bright spot this season with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash LockedOnNBA today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash LockedOnNBA. Today's episode is also brought to you by GameTime. At Christmas, maybe you want to buy someone tickets to a sporting event. You want to buy tickets to a um, comedy show, a musical, whatever it is. It's a great way to be able to give gifts, but also see something cool happening in your local area. They've got these killer last-minute deals, all-in pricing, views from your seat, the best price guarantee as well. So many things that makes Game Time the app that you need to go to when you're looking to buy tickets. You can see their all-in prices. All the total is shown up front. No hidden prices. You know you get a great deal without those hidden fees that on other sites and apps gets tacked on at the end of your purchase. You buy tickets in seconds with just two taps. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem the code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-B-A for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Okay, so that's that done. Now, we go under the lens with Keegan Murray of the Sacramento Kings, of course. Keegan Murray was one of the, of, of all the players who are playing, this is how we would do this. The guys that are playing on Friday who was the biggest riser or the biggest faller over the last week, and Keegan was the biggest riser. So what happened? How did Keegan get into this position? How was he able to um, jump up and... Because yeah, it was a slow start. Now, this is 
very interesting to look at because last game yesterday, he was bad. Like He just performed poorly. But over the last week, including yesterday, in minus one rankings, he's 28th. He's 46th in fantasy points, averaging 37 fantasy points. So what did he do over those three games? He played 36 minutes a night. That helps. 19 points, over three threes, eight rebounds, two steals, which is going to come down. Shot 51 from the field, 89 from the line as well, which includes 71% on twos and 40% on threes. So last season as a rookie, he shot 53% on twos. This season, he's shooting 52% on twos. But the last three games, really hard to stop. Now, he was a 41% three-point shooter all of last season. So this 40% three-point run he's on is not, he's not strange. He is still under 30% for the season. So we knew this was going to push back up. What else has changed for him? Well, his usage this season is up. He was at 157 Last season, very low. This year as a whole, he's at 19.4. Now, some of the reason that that bumped was because De'Aaron Fox was out. So when we look at the last three games with Fox back, it has dropped down to 18.3, which I think is reasonable to expect. But you can't expect him to be a 71% shooter. That is just not likely to stick. Well, it's not likely. It's impossible that that is going to be able to stick for Keegan. So while it was nice to see a good bounce back, Nice to see him improve. Some of the stuff that we saw there is just not going to hold. The other thing that's really interesting is we, or a lot of Kings fans in particular, were touting that he's going to just take on this larger offensive load. Look what he did in summer league. We can put the ball in his hands. He's currently ranked in the ninth percentile in the NBA in terms of offensive load. Offensive load is shot attempts, it's turnovers, it's assists to open teammates, it's passes to open teammates, it's assists. He just doesn't get the ball. And that is where you look at this stuff, meaning that to get to this number, to get to 28th, to get to 37 fantasy points per game, he needed to hit 71% of his twos. He needed to average two steals. And that's just not a realistic expectation. He needs to be more involved offensively. And with Kevin Herter on a hot streak, with Fox and Sabonis there, I am not sure this happens. I actually think that there is some sort of... Look, I, I don't know what people in your league believe, but if they look at him as a top 70 player moving forward, I would be absolutely cashing in on Keegan because there's just a few things there which I'm not I'm not, ser- not, not seriously looking at as being able to stick. The two-point percentage, the steals, I worry about that level of low offensive load as well. So yeah, there's some concerns, I think, there with uh, Keegan Murray. Let's look at the streams of the day for Friday. For 10-team leagues. Now, of course, someone mentioned this in one of the comments on YouTube. Thanks to them for doing this. Talking about like a cascading effect. Of course, what we do here is we look at the 10-team the guy is usually the, the best stream option available. We use a 65% rostered cutoff there. But if that guy is available in your 12-team league, then you, you, then you roster him. And if he's available in your 14-team league, you add him. And if he's in your 16-team league, you roster him. So it's almost like while we use these cutoffs... For especially for the category leagues, and even goes for the points. You can use this for points league too. You just sort of go down that list as the top streamers as who's available in your league. So for 10-team leagues is Skylar Mays. I still really think that this is a strong stream option. For 12s, I'm going to throw Mo, Mo Wagner out there. For 14s, we go to Goga Badadze, but you could also debate that you want Goga over Mo as well. I get that. For 16-team leagues, it's Matisse Thibel who put up some really strong numbers. We know he's not going to be that good every game, but the opportunity is sort of there. 
And he's just available everywhere. And you can look at that. And then for points leagues in 12s, Keontae George, I think, streams or looks pretty solid. Again, Skylar Mays would be a nice option there too. But I think that's a good way of interpreting how to look at this list like a cascade. Look, let's just go top to bottom. How do we view these guys in terms of overall value and streaming depending on who ends up being available in your league? But they're who I'm going to list as the streams of the day for each of those individual different formats. That brings us to look at the games. There are 11, so let's crack in. The first one is the Knicks and the Wizards. I do want to see what Josh Hart looks like. I don't expect that Grimes plays, and I do expect that Barrett plays, so that's going to keep floating Hart's value. He's not for everybody. Very clearly, he's not a scorer. He's an out-of-position rebounder, and when they are healthy, it's hard to consider him a 12-team league player. But for now, I think that he is, but let's see how it looks. And then for the, uh, the, not for the, yeah, for the Wizards, I, I want to see so much. Any competence, any rotation that makes sense, Probably not. But I want to start to get make a, t- a tough call on Tyus Jones. Because at the moment, he looks like a drop. I would like to hold a little bit. But if he's playing 23 minutes a night, you can't hold that. And if it's going to go back and forward 23-29, 23-29, considering he's a low usage player, you can't hold that either. I am holding. Barely. In a points league, I'm probably not. But let's see how they use him. Which is weird, because they don't actually have a good backup point guard either. In terms of streams, I'm going to throw Dante DiVincenzo in there, just again using the roster cutoffs that I have to use, but Josh Hart's the one we look at. And then for the Wizards, it is Bilal Kulabali, who is still available in over 65% of leagues, and I don't really think he should be. The next game is the Bucks and the Charlotte Hornets. I want to see Damian Lillard. Now, Giannis is officially questionable for this game. Lillard is putting up unbelievable free throw numbers. The shot finally fell last game. I'd like to see him do that next to Dame, or next, next to Giannis, because it hasn't really happened yet. So let's see, can he keep that momentum rolling? On the Hornets side, unfortunately, it is Miles Bridges. That's what we have to watch. As fantasy analysts or fantasy managers, you need to see what Bridges is doing, even if you don't want to roster Miles Bridges. What he does to impact PJ, Mark Williams, Gordon Hayward, Brandon Miller, LaMelo Ball even. And when I say impact, it might not be negative, it might be positive. You need to see how this impacts. I also need to see what does the crowd reaction do when he gets announced or he gets under the court. Are they applauding? I'd be very interested to watch that. So let's see how the Bridges scenario goes. I do think that he is going to be a clear top 100 player, probably top 80, probably top 65. In terms of streams, Malik Beasley got hot last game. We obviously can't trust that, but with Jay Crowder out, if he just hits a couple of shots early on, he will continue to get more minutes. And then for the Hornets, it probably is Nick Richards. A lot of this is going to depend on guys who are in or out as well with Charlotte because there is uh, quite a few uh, unresolved statuses. Statuses doesn't sound like a right word. It should be like stati, but obviously it's not. It's statuses. Boston and Toronto. I want to see Drew Holiday here for Boston. I want to see what's up with him because he has been quite up or down. And I don't think we've... Maybe I'm wrong. I don't think we've had a game where all of their five main starters have put up big lines. There always seems to be two that play... Sort of poorly, not poorly, but lower numbers, and then three that step up and it alternates. Now, there is the chance that Jalen Brown and Kristaps Porzingis are out again, so that's going to help Drew, who's putting up okay numbers. I don't think Drew's top 50 moving forward, but let's see what he brings. And then for the Raptors, Yucca Pertle. Benched at halftime and then put up the biggest performance he had of the season. What is Darko going to do? Is he going to keep him in a 26-minute role? Is he going to shuffle him on and off the bench? Does Pertle make sense to guard Porzingis? Does Pertle make more sense if Al Horford starts with Porzingis out? Does Precious Achua make sense in any scenario? No, but they might use him. 
So watching that is, is key. In terms of streams, it is Al Horford who might become an excellent stream if Porzingis is out. And then Gaz Trent, who is likely to play with OG likely out, meaning that Gaz probably starts and gets a bigger boost in production. For the Sixers, we do want to watch Robert Covington here. Nick Batum is out. Covington should start, but he, the man played 21 minutes difference between two starts in back-to-back games. I think we probably lean more towards the higher numbers because he played better in that role. But how they roll out the washed... Oh, that gives me an opportunity. Should we do it? Should we drop a watched watch on Marcus Morris? Yeah, I think it's pretty clear that he's washed, but do they use him? Where does Jaden Springer fit in? Where does Covington play? Like how many minutes? So that's what we see. And then for the Hawks, I do want to watch Clint Capella, of course. That's almost a placeholder name so that we can look and see what the Okongwu Capella scenario looks like. Capella isn't at his best, obviously, and he's never probably going to get back to that. He still remains a 12-team league guy, but just sort of watching how they utilize him, when they deploy him. Do they ever play him together again? I'm not sure. The two minutes that they played together was sick. Robert Covington for a stream there. And then DeAndre Hunter or Sadiq Bay. You could probably toss a coin on both of those guys as stream options for the Hawks. The Kings and the Spurs is our next game. I do want to see Kevin Herter. He's on an unbelievable hot streak at the moment. He's hitting 50-plus percent of his threes over the last week. He's hitting 75% of his twos over the last week. And yes, I did say I don't think Kevin Herter is a 12-team league player. And that's cool. I, st- I will stand by that. I will stand by the idea that you could have dropped him. Now, he is on an absolute massive rolling hot streak. The man also lost his starting job to Chris Duarte in the preseason and is notoriously fickle with his production. All of this stuff, when you see it, hot streak, great. We love it. We roll with Herder. But it's just not going to hold. Nobody shoots like this. Literally nobody does. He won't continue to shoot like this. And we have seen plenty of opportunities or plenty of examples from Michael Brown that when a player misses a couple of early shots, they get benched and they play 21 minutes. So roll with Herder now. Let's see how long this lasts. It won't last all season. It won't last that long. Devin Vassell who I do have as someone I want to watch. And now as I'm reading that, he is out. Hmm. They also upgraded Keldon to Probable and Trey Jones to Doubtful. So does that mean with Vassell out, do they start Branham? They probably do. I wish they would just put out my man Champagne, but Branham's in the mix, but we know what Branham is. A guy that needs a lot of the ball, a lot of usage, and doesn't produce much in other areas. So I'm not that interested in him. In terms of streams, um, Harrison Barnes is available in a lot of spots now, rightfully so, but he's always going to be an interesting stream guy while I keep pumping minutes into him. I had Julian Champagne there as a stream depending on Calden's status, but now that Vassell's out, we maybe look at Malachi Branham in that position. I hope it's Champagne, but I, I think they'll go with Branham again, unfortunately. The Detroit Pistons and the Cleveland Cavaliers is the next game that we pay some attention to here. Um, No Morris, Bogdanovich, Livers, Harris, they're all out still. For the Cavs, we don't know about Garland or Okoro. I want to see Cade Cunningham because it's been rough the last two weeks. He's been really bad and he has not taken... After looking like he took taken big steps forward in the first week or two of the season, the shooting has been horrendous for him and he hasn't taken the steps forward that he needs to. Some of it is lineup, some of it is him. He's not absolved of blame, much like I'm not absolved of blame for saying that I thought that he could be a guy that you want to get in round three, who, if he was able to do a 10% increase in production, was able to jump into the first round. There is the possibility still of there. He does still have an unbelievably good-looking fantasy skill set. The problem is, is he still rates cut in half this season, and he can't hit a single shot. I'm, I'm, I'm losing faith in him, honestly. Not as a guy that we drop in fantasy, but like, can you actually be a good offensive player because at the moment, you're not. Let's see where it goes.
For the Cavs, Evan Mobley was awesome last game. I want to see that more regularly. I want to see more consistency in his output. I still I believe Evan is going to be a top 20 player very, very soon. Probably next season would be my guess. Let's see where he rolls here. In terms of streams, Alec Burks is always going to get shots. He's going to score double digits. He's going to have multiple threes. He might even have three to four assists. An excellent stream guy. Well, for the Cavs, there's nobody. Maybe it's Okoro if he plays and Garland is out. Maybe it's Niang. Maybe it's Dean Wade. But I would have very little confidence in any of those blokes to be stream options. The Denver Nuggets and the New Orleans Pelicans. Michael Ponder Jr. had been playing well and then served up an absolute stinker in the last game. So let's see what he's able to bring back. Well, for the Pelicans, what about the biggest bird, Zion Williamson? We talked about him the other day and how on the buy low show had really been struggling and his field goal percentage was down. And we looked at some of the location of his shots. He is taking more mid-ranges and not as many shots at the rim. Is this Zion now? Is his athleticism actually just rooted and he cannot get to the rim like this? Because he was the one of the most damaging rim finishers in the NBA giggity. So we'll see, is he's just going to have to settle for these mid-range pull-ups? Because if that's the case, he's done. He's done as an elite-level prospect. He's done as an elite-level fantasy upside guy. He's done as an elite fantasy points guy. He's done if he can't get to the rim. If he's relying on pull-ups, he's cooked. Show me something, big fella. In terms of streams, Reggie Jackson's widely available. So we roll with him. They're going to still be without McCullum and Murphy and Alvarado, the Pelicans. So Dyson Daniels started last game, played all right, but Jordan Hawkins went bananas off the bench. Which way do they go here? Would they rather the defense of Daniels out there or do they want the shooting of Hawkins or do they both just play 30? Both guys are usable streamers. The next game that we take a look at, the rematch, the Orlando Magic and the Chicago Bulls. Franz Wagner is in a huge slump at the moment, so we want to see that get back on track. He started the season really well. Aggressive, assist numbers, more usage, and it's fallen way off. I think it's a big buy low, but I'm a little worried that he's fallen back into some bad habits. Kobe White also was dreadful last game. His shooting has been horrendous. I don't believe that he is this bad of a shooter. And most of the time, when I'm talking about belief in players, it's looking at shooting numbers and go there's at least five to six percentage points that are just going to come back to normalize. And to normalize those numbers, five to six percentage points, it means they have to go on a run at some point where they're shooting eight, nine percentage points better. We've already seen that turn around with DeAnthony Melton. That's why I still have some faith in Poole. That's why I still have some faith in Cunningham. That's why I still have some faith in White because you don't expect someone to go through the year shooting 36%. Maybe he's 42, not great. But to get to 42 from 36, he needs to have a run of 48 or 47 to bump those numbers back up. I don't know when it comes, but I want to see what happens here. I'm just most encouraged by the fact that his minutes are still intact. In terms of stream options, Mo Wagner or Goga Badadze are both on the track there. Of course, Marco Fultz is out. I wouldn't bother with Anthony Black, but I would consider Cole Anthony. And then for the Bulls, Alex Caruso is always a solid stream. You can look at Patrick Williams, especially if DeMar DeRozan is sidelined. The next one is the Lakers and the Blazers. There's no um, Gabe Vincent. Probably no Jared Vanderbilt, but we don't know that. But what we do want to watch is the status of um, Cam Reddish or the way that he plays. He's got some really good steal numbers. I don't buy his shooting being as good as it is. To me, he's a steals and threes type streamer when he's in this role. But watching his minutes and watching his shooting numbers, I think is really key. While for the Blazers, let's watch Dominaton. Can this man get a single free throw, a defensive stat? He'd been pretty, look, he'd been okay. For fantasy, he'd been okay. Last game was disastrous, but on-court play, he's just so soft, and it's so frustrating. Dot Reith's outplayed him the last two of the last three games. So we'll see where the great barrier reef can get in there and do more damage, but man, Aiden, do something. 
In terms of streams, that Reddish is a good option. Their Thibault's a solid option. Maze obviously is available in deeper leagues. If he's available, I don't even know if he's available to pick up yet. Old Duop. If he is, go and grab him. Good idea. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. It's also the easiest and the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports because you don't have to sit and grind over spreadsheets and salary caps up against other players and pros and sharks who are going to take your money. It's just you, player projections, and you just say more or less. Between two to six of those individual player projections, shove them into one of your entries and you can win up to 25 times your money back. And they've got these combo projections now, which you can find in the specials league. It's a league that enables these combo projections across sports. So you can say, well, it's a 10 and a half combo projection of LeBron and Travis Kelsey. Three's made plus receptions. And you choose more or less. You can do up to six of these individually, get them in there. You get the reboot policy for injuries as well. It's super fast and super easy to play. So go to pricepicks.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. That's pricepicks.com slash LockedOnNBA. The code is LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. PricePix is daily fantasy made easy. Okay, let's go to the next one. It is Phoenix and Utah. Of course, the status that we don't know here is going to be Brad Beal with his back. They started Allen, Gordon, Booker, and Durant last game. So no Akogi and no Bates-Diop. Gordon, I thought, would stick in a sixth-man role, but no, they went a different direction there. So let's see if they do that, because that does keep Grayson Allen's minutes and value relatively high, especially if Beal is out. So let's watch what they do with Allen. And on the Jazz side, Kelly Linick. Do they play him 24? Because that's enough. If he plays 20, it's not. So how he goes along with uh, an Omer Yurtseven or an Oshaya Baji is something that we pay attention to. In terms of streams, I do like Allen. And then Keontae George is worth looking at. Obviously, is more than just a stream, but he is available in a lot of different spots. For the Rockets and the Clippers, we're looking at um, Jabari Smith Jr., whose last couple of games have been poor, hasn't even closed them. They've been going with Jeff Green. So maybe that's a path to opening for Tari's second season. It would be pretty disastrous to have Eason taking the job of Smith, given the, what they spent on Smith in the draft last season. But Jabari has had some struggles. I'm I'm getting a little bit out on him as a guy that I'm just not sure is ever going to figure out the shot. Maybe it comes, but it's looked bad. But we want to watch it, yeah. And in terms of the Clippers, Russell Westbrook. 24 minutes last game, and that's not going to be enough long-term. So we see how they use him, how they split him and Harden, what they do with if it's a Zubats as well. In terms of streams, it is Tari Eason on the Rockets, who's probably the best stream guy there. And then on Clippers, it's pretty obviously Norman Powell. If you do have the option to stream in Friday and Saturday, the two-for-one options we look at, uh, we go to uh, Alex Caruso, the Rabbit Hunter in Chicago, a couple of the New Orleans guys in Jordan Hawkins and Dyson Daniels. You've got Pat Williams, whose value does spike even more if DeMar DeRozan is out. You've got Nick Richards in Charlotte, and then Malik Beasley in Milwaukee as good two-for-one streams. In terms of the next five days and the chunks, all of them are quality game days apart from Friday. So from Saturday through to Tuesday next week, these guys all have two games on quality game days, which you can use and get a little bit of a boost. So we're looking at Dario Saric, who I added in, I think, I tried to add him in four leagues. I think I got him in two of my leagues. So he's worth a look there with Draymond suspended. Keontae George with two games, we should be rostering him anyway. Alex Caruso, probably want to look at him in category leagues, not as much in points. Mo Wagner probably leans more points than categories, to be honest, but there is value there for him. Duncan Robinson with two games is also worth a crack. Callie Olynyk with two games I do like also, again, probably leans more categories than points. And then we go into 10-team um, streamers just for Friday. We start off there with Skylar Mays, who's still available in 50% of leagues. Malik Monk, 
Herbalife Jones still not rostered. Now, Jones, I look, went to look at his numbers today. His block rate is like double last season. His shooting numbers are insane. His two-point percentage is like at 70%. That's going to fall back. He's hitting threes at a crazy level. A lot of what he is doing has zero chance of sustaining because the, the block, the, maybe, maybe the blocks can stick. They're very high. But his shooting numbers are unbelievable and they're just not going to hold. It's not like he's getting big minutes or big usage. It's coming on a lot of unsustainable things. But still, he should be rostered. Um... Kobe White at 54%, Mo Wagner, and then Jalen Suggs is also a pretty good stream if you're in those shallow formats. For 12-team leagues, we've got Wagner, Keontae George, Alex Caruso, Goga Badadze, Kelly Olenek, and Bilal Koulibaly as good 12-team streams for Friday. And for deeper leagues, we go with Goga there. Matisse Thibel, definitely a great deeper league stream, even a shallow league stream for category leagues, shallower league stream. Um, Reggie Jackson, great points league guy. I would look at him as a 12-team league stream, honestly. He's only 18% rostered. Dyson Daniels, Sammy Hauser, whose value could spike again if Porzingis and or Brown are out. And then Drew Eubanks, who had a really good game last time for Phoenix. He's a little bit hit or miss, but he's in deep leagues. He's absolutely uh, on the radar for us. And lastly, we look at points league streams for Friday. Skylar Mays, Keontae George, Jeremy Sohan, especially now with Vassell out and with Trey Jones, unlikely to play. Uh, Mo Wagner, really good stream option for points, more so than categories. Goga Badadze and Josh the Hitman Hart. And that, guys, will do it for me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. And if you are here on YouTube, thumb it up and leave your comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. Say so, yeah.